was basically dropping 25 with just effort. With effort, exactly. Yeah. Like, like basically, exactly, playing hard. And then um, we end up winning the championship in team. Ball. ball players, what's going on? This your boy Arden here, coming live with another episode of the Ball Players Podcast, where we speak to a who's who of people about their relationship with the game of basketball. And I'm very excited for today's episode because this brother across from me, man, I've had this chance to watch from afar, as well as up close, his passion from the game, bucket getter, defender, but his story's inspirational, man, coming from Harlem, USA, getting his education, doing what he's got to do, getting it up out the streets and playing pro. I rock with this dude. He rocks with us. Wani. Juan Daniels, what's the word? Welcome to the podcast. How you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm excited to be here. You know, grateful for the opportunity, man. It's been a... Long time coming, bro. I'm glad Facts. we could be here, though. Facts. Sure. No, I got to say, real talk, bro, you're definitely one of the first people, I would say, from, like, the New York City hoops community that, like, embrace ball players. Yeah, like, for sure. repost, follow, actually tapping in to see what's going on, and I've never forgot that. So I greatly appreciate no, your support, love, bro. For bro. real, much for love. real, man. You know that. Thank you, man. And for us, Ronnie, you know, we love to start off the show with this question because, again, a big part of this show is exploring people's relationship with the game of basketball. So we like to take it all the way back, and we like to dig deep. So, Wani, for you, what made you fall in love with basketball? Honestly, I, I rocked with my coaches. Like, mm-hmm. my coaches early on was, like, you know, most of them haven't really played, you know, like, professional at, like, the highest levels, but all of them was, like, I don't want to sound too cliche, but real, like, in a sense of, like, wouldn't lie to me, would be honest with me, always telling me the truth about, you know, my flaws, my attitude, and it wasn't always, like, necessarily on-the-court stuff. Like, you get what I'm saying? So once I got connected with, like, you know, my first coach was, like, Mr. Keys. I knew his brother because his brother lived around the corner from me. So it was, like, that type of connection. And then from there, um, Billy Bang. Billy Bang, you know, he's touched a lot of young players in the community of Harlem, Bronx, uh, Brooklyn, Queens, everywhere around New York City. Everyone knows who Billy Bang is, and, like, just with that connection, that's a connection for me just knowing him outside of basketball and then meeting Corey and Fred and then um, going to T-Neck. And all of those was based off of relationships that I pretty much, like, kind of already had. Do you recall that first memory or period of time where you started realizing, like, yeah, I love this game? I want to say fifth grade because that was the actually like the first time that I actually played for like you know organized team mm-hmm. but I think it was I think it was that seventh grade summer going into eighth grade I haven't played basketball probably in like two and a half three years of organized mm-hmm. basketball and um that summer Miss Denise who's actually another coach yes. in the community Miss Denise out, you know Miss Denise he's the another coach in the community that's touched a whole bunch of basketball players in New York City from my age group generations ahead of me and she's still in the community doing her good deed today um she put me on with a tournament called team hunk that's mm-hmm. in like the middle of harlem mm-hmm. and it was sponsored by so so deaf ludicrous at the time yeah and it was like in the middle of harlem so um you know everybody played in there from isaiah washington yeah. um, marquise noel mm-hmm. you know you got everybody from the the harlem based players that you know today that's you know becoming professional at this time that played in it, and I actually have a twin brother. His name is uh, Jalen Daniels. So he, me and him, Miss Denise, she put team basically around us because we was, what, 12, 13 years old, I think, but we was probably like 5'10", 5'11". So, you know, at that age, that's mm. a pretty good oh, size. Yeah, the, the good so, days, yeah, exactly. man, when you was the tallest kid. 
she basically built a team around us and not knowing like what could really lead up to it. Like, you know, we play a couple regular season games and playoffs come. I'm not even really thinking like, oh, like, you know, it's the championship. Like we made it all the way to the championship game. But that's when I realized because people were actually like at that age come out to come see my games because I was actually like, I guess I was playing in a unique way that I didn't know was today actually a skill. I played with a high motive mm -hmm. always as a young kid. So once I seen that and I didn't really have a good skill set, but like not to say it like that, but I was getting 25, 30, yeah. 22 without even like dribbling the ball. Like yeah. I've always had the blessing of playing. He was with basically it. dropping 25 with just effort. Well, effort, exactly. Yeah. Like, like basically, exactly playing hard. And then um, we ended up winning the championship in Team Tough. Hall. And I never played middle school basketball. So that that word got back to like, you know, my middle school coach. And like Team Hunk was basically like, that was big for me as far as like realizing like, oh, like, you know, amongst mm -hmm. my peers, the ones that's actually good, that gets the love that they get in basketball, I can be right there with them. Like, yeah. you know, and I don't even have that. At that time, I knew I didn't have the skill set, but my confidence was through the roof. Yeah. And I played hard. So that made me balance out with everybody else who actually had a better skill set yeah. than me. And you took us down a, a rabbit hole here, too, that, like, I think us in New York, New York City, we're super familiar with players like you and Isaiah and others who started getting that attention young. Yeah. But I think very rarely have you ever heard from y'all what it's like to be the center of attention. So, yeah. like, to somebody who wouldn't understand that, what is it like when you're playing and you could be 12 years old, 14, 16, 18, whatever, and you realizing or hearing like yo people are popping out to like watch you play i like, think the best person to tell you that story maybe isaiah because he actually <laughs> yeah shout out to jelly fam being around isaiah. nah for real though at that early age like the attention was crazy like and you don't really understand it and then but you live in it though like you yeah. definitely enjoy it and you, you pretty much build relationships off of it of course you know what i'm saying and like it's up to the I would say, like, the older people around mm -hmm. you to kind of, like, mold you and yeah, tell you, like, you and all what that. type of love is which and which type of, you know, love is genuine and not necessarily, like, you know, people look seeking to get something out of you from the long run. Was it ever intense at times during those stretches when you are trying to figure out that stuff? Like, what's real love, what's not? Like, definitely, like, my New York versus New York. Mm -hmm. Dykeman stage, like when I was yeah. a player this summer, mm -hmm. I was like the first ever player this summer for mm -hmm. New York versus New York. So that was definitely like my hardest stage because right after that, I went Chuko. Yeah. So that was, I kind of, I feel like that was a blessing in disguise because I feel like if I would have went D1 and failed, it would have been more so of like, oh, he was doing all of that. And then, yeah. you know, actually went to college and it didn't work or it didn't pop off. Mm -hmm. So with me going Juco, I feel like. A lot of people forgot about me in a mm -hmm. sense, like, because all my peers went D1. You know, Jay went to Minnesota, JQ Villanova, you know, Jaws, but he was on the verge of scoring 3,000 points in his senior year in high Facts, school. Yeah. So, like, everybody is doing Sid at uh, UConn. Facts. Like, everybody amongst my peers, like, all my peers is doing, you know, what they supposed to do. And I kind of just had, like, the great summer. Yeah. And I didn't want to. At that time, the summer hype was not getting to me, but it was kind of like it was fun. It was intriguing yeah. because of the things that I was enduring in my past. So being able to come and have that summer and regain that attention back all in just one summer after, you know, and nearly being over for me, it was kind of like a, like a 
like a surreal feeling. So I definitely kind of almost got lost in it. But yeah. once I went to junior college, I figured out like, yeah, that love is not it's not really real. It's yeah. all for like you know hype and oh yeah for mentions sure. and mm-hmm. reposts and stuff like that. So you tend to you start to balance it out and yeah. you start to you start see. having perspective. I have a funny Isaiah Washington story because I remember when he was in high school, like getting put on his A like 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. and immediately becoming a fan. I remember I was such a big Isaiah Washington fan. I remember going, I, I'm from Westchester, 914. So I remember seeing the St. Ray's varsity basketball schedule. Mm-hmm. And I see like word, they had like a little preseason scrimmage against Scarsdale High School. I'm like, wait a minute, that's down the road for me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pulling up. So I remember I legit pulled up to what was like actually just a scrimmage like nobody was in attendance it was like a closed practice if you pull up you pull up and these dudes are just scrimmaging and just doing drills but i was like but that's zato like that's jelly fan and and i then i had the chance to see him that same season go against stefanak in stefanak sold out friday night game was ari in them yet might have been been before ari it might have been before ari but I literally saw this dude, I kid you not, drop a 50-piece in Stefanak in front of a sold-out crowd. St. Ray's lost, but he dropped a 50-piece. And to see a man drop 50 off of threes and jellies. Yeah, oh, Catholic school. Yeah, Catholic league, yeah. To me, like in New York City, like PSAO is tough. That Catholic school league is tough, too. They got some underrated dogs in there. So I know. And I'm Catholic school years back then. Yeah. Stefanak, Cardinal Hayes, St. Ray's, Bishop Lachlan, all of those. Those is those are some wars, so I definitely know. Like Bro, I know it was a crazy game for him to crazy. have fifty and lose. Like that's the thing. Like that them years probably when we went to high school, twenty twelve to twenty sixteen, probably besides Catholic school, like rice days. I like you got to really go back and look at those teams. You got mm-hmm. Bishop Lockland, you got the mm-hmm. Champagne Brothers, and you mm-hmm. got Marquise, you got Sid and, and Jelly at Say Rays, you got uh, Joe Tucson at Carnal Hayes. Yeah. Jalen Murray Jr., he was still young, but he was at yeah. uh, um, Cardinal Hayes. Who else young Cole Anthony young, Cole at, 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 at Malloy. Moses Kid, at Malloy. Yeah, Kid, like, uh, Khalid Moore. Keith yeah. Williams. Like, yeah. you, got some, you got some players that was in them Catholic leagues from 2012 to probably about 2017. That was some killer. So that's and so much up. competition. And I think, you know, even just to bring it back to you, right, you know, for you, when you think about your journey over the last few years, man, it's been one that's caught a lot of people's attention and, and great support, right? Like yep. starting off loving a game, getting into it, end up going in a situation where you had to sit for a bit in Rikers, yep. and, and then you got your second chance, and then you yep. was able to go to school, get your bachelor's degree, have a yep. successful collegiate career, and now you are where you are now, being a pro yep. and being you know, honestly beloved by – the, the, the New York City hoops community mm-hmm. for a youngin that is wanting to go into the game that's growing up in New York that is coming from your environment what would be like your best piece of advice for them listen to the people that's actually laced them up before listen to the people that you know that that cares like that you actually feel like because you're gonna feel it bro you're gonna feel yeah. that heart to heart connection and you're gonna feel that you're gonna feel something that's like nah he's just talking he just loafing or he kind of like, or it be you got people that will actually want to put you in a bad position, like uh, want to bring you outside to put you in a bad position to, you know, possibly like run into something like, you know what I'm saying, to get you in trouble. But my best advice would just like really be just locking in that gym. Like I'm 24 years old right now, and I could tell you the only thing that I do is literally go to the gym and spend time with my daughter and I have Facts. and live a fun life, bro. Like 
I don't have fun outside, like where I'm outside, like you're never gonna see me in clubs, you're never gonna see me like party. It's only at the games. Only I, at I the can ga- confirm that. You can tell because yeah. my energy at the games yeah. is different because that's my fun time. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, when I'm no, at a basketball I, game I in the confirm. summertime, like, you know what I'm saying? I can so, confirm. Just stay locked in, bro. Like, for real, it's really nothing out here. And especially with this day and this generation, like, I, I probably had uh, better advice or more to say if it was more like. It was, but it's really like simple, bro. Because no, like honestly, the way things is these days, man. Like if you lock yourself in the gym, you focus on family and what and who really matters. It's gonna take you to the next level. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go exactly where you need to go. I'm telling you, like no. it's it's simple, bro. Like it's. Really I think simple. it's the best advice for you to for you to give. You know, I think at the end of the day, when you have something that you truly love and you see a future exactly. in it, you have to lock in. You'll do and, anything to keep it. And the truth is, it's like when you have something that you really care about. Your lifestyle does become boring because it's just rinse and repeat, right? Yeah. You're in the lab, whatever your lab is, right? You're doing that. You got your family time, your, your, your time with your joint if you got one or whoever. But it's something that we enjoy because we understand that there's a bigger goal. And I have a couple more questions for you, Wani. This next one I feel like is super important because I feel like um, I feel like it's been a path that's been like more positively highlighted in recent years in terms of like, hey, if you're in high school, it's okay to go to JUCO because you take advantage of JUCO. You could then go and get that bigger college opportunity as well as I'm seeing more college guys take seriously what it means to play overseas. You're a prime example of that successfully bodying competition in JUCO, going to purview, bodying that. And now again, you just finished your first season in the pros for you. What was it about that path that enabled you to take it seriously? That it's now giving you the rewards that you deserve practice. Fifth grade, fourth grade practice was at six in the morning. I don't know how, but it was at six in the morning and everybody was showing up. So I guess over the years I kinda created like a like a routine that even when I got off track, when I did get back on track, I was kinda already like I'm already seasoned to do things a certain mm-hmm. type of way. So I might fall off or hit a bump, boom. But when it's time to get back on track, it's lit again. I already know what I need to do and what rules I need to follow, the self-discipline rules I need to follow in order to get to where I want to get. So when it got to JUCO, obviously I was coming off the New York versus New York, so I was kind of a little, you know, airheaded a little bit, you know, first uh, player of the year. But I was demoted. Like, it, it was nothing like – I didn't know that was a skill, bro. So what kind of got me through it was – um like I said, just knowing it was light at the tunnel, bro, and following the same regimen, 6 a.m. workouts. And I went to JUCO in, in Georgia my first year. Nice. So South, they train different out there. Mm-hmm. I'm still up at 6 a.m. I'm still doing my two workouts a day. I'm getting my shots up. And just knowing that, you know, if I follow the blueprint of what my coach is, because I've always been coachable, follow, listen to your coach, you want to get to the next level. If you um follow your game plan as far as working out, your workout schedule, you want to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And when my coach, uh, Rico Dawson, always used to stay, say, and his main thing used to be, like, stay dialed in and be pure-hearted. That was his only two quotes he used to always just tell us all year was stay dialed in and stay in and be pure-hearted. Mm-hmm. And I used to – and then anytime, like, in the beginning of the season when I was, um, you know, having my little run-ins with, you know, with the coach and stuff like that, he used to be like, you're not pure-hearted, Wani. You're not mm-hmm. pure-hearted, Wani. And I used to be like, bro, what is that? Like, <laughs> I'm 17 years old, 18 years old. I'm like, what do you, like, what do you mean? Like, And he ended up explaining it to me. And then I ended up – that kind of, like, helped me out with the love that I had for the game because I'm like, damn, like, you know, you stay dialed in and you stay locked into what you focus on, you're going to get what you want. And 
the, all of those things kind of like pretty much helped me get through JUCO. And then once I got D1 and I was able to get my full seasons in, like I knew what I was going to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Like I knew like, you know, all my coaches has definitely sprinkled definitely a significant amount of, you know, seasoning and help to get to, you know, be here right, right here in front of you today, bro. For real, for real. So. Last question I got for you, Wani. At the top of the show, I asked you what made you fall in love with the game. Last question is, what keeps you in love with the game? The only way I'll stop playing basketball is if, you know, I lose an arm and a limb. Mm -hmm. What keep me going is just thinking about, like, all the ideas and all the plans that I got in life for just try to make the world a better place, bro. Like, you know, help out homeless people, help out my family less, you know, less fortunate. You know, my twin brother, you know, when he come home to have a better situation. Like, mm -hmm. my daughter, you know, creating generational wealth, not only for my family, but you know, getting in these rooms and sitting down with certain people to, you know, actually make a difference in my community. Wani, yep. thank you for popping through. My God, appreciate you. My guy, you, appreciate Hell you. Yeah, Fellas, ladies, gents, ball players, we'll make sure all of Wani's info will be in the description below. Thank you, Brody, for tuning in. Thank appreciate you for joining that, us again. Make sure y'all tap in, man. Absolutely, for real. man. Ball players, this is Art signing off here, man, from the crib. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ball Players Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Later.